Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Lake Show. Henry was in earlier. Steve Thompson in. Chris Tubbs, our producer. Uh, More on the... Trade between the Twins and the Marlins a little bit later on in the program. Twins get Pablo Lopez to minor leaguers. Twins give up uh, reigning American League batting champ Luis Arise. Probably open up the phones. We'll talk NFL playoffs a little bit later on. And uh, Doe Young Park scheduled to join us from MLB.com to uh, talk more about that. And then a story, does the NBA really care about its fans? Um Probably, but the Golden State Warriors certainly don't care about uh, fans on the road. We'll get get into that story a little bit later on. Uh, Outraged, still outraged about that story, and we'll share it uh, later on uh, here at News Talk, E3OWCCO. The Minnesota Vikings move into off-season mode. Chris Thomason does a great job covering the team for the Pioneer Press year-round online at TwinCities.com, and he's good enough to join us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, Chris, uh, I want to start by saying thank you for your time this season. Uh, I really enjoy your work and enjoy our visits here on the radio. Well, you're very kind, and I was going to throw out a little tidbit. Uh, You started with the uh, music from Valley Girl. Deborah Foreman, who started Valley Girl, used to follow me on Twitter. Doesn't anymore. I don't know what happened, but I thought I'd throw that, right. that that's uh, cool. out there. Yeah, that's cool. Um, you know, I, <laughs> you know, every now and then, if I'm I'm bored or waiting, like in a waiting room or whatever, I'll kind of scroll through and and look at uh, my limited group of followers on Twitter, um, and that, that's always interesting. Uh, you have a lot more followers than I do. It would take you a lot longer to go through that. But Well, every now and then you have some strange people who follow you. For instance, Bill Wyman, the Rolling Stones former bass player, for some reason follow, follows me on Twitter. I have no idea why, but uh, if you got any messages ever for Bill, I'll, uh, I could DM. That's pretty cool, though. That, that, is, that is really good stuff. Um I, I went through a phase when, when Elon Musk got involved in Twitter where I was kind of experimenting with, you know, because the timeline changed. And I was, you know, getting a lot of people popping up that, that I didn't really want to see their tweets. And I was experimenting with blogging people, et cetera. And I, I kind of went through some of these people in the local media that um, I, I follow and, 
enjoy their work and respect their opinions, etc. Some veteran sports writers in town. Um, So I was playing around with the blog feature and even some hosts here at the radio station, just seeing how it would work and, you know, block and unblock. And it was amazing how quickly they quit following me and some haven't come back. And and I, I'm trying to reach out to to each person individually and say, hey, I, I didn't mean anything by it. I was just kind of fooling around with this feature, trying to see how it worked. I didn't mean anything by it. You know, would you please follow me back? So I've already had some awkward conversations. Uh, some aren't even returning texts or phone calls at this point. So for what well, if you block me, I'll I'll forgive you. <laughs> and I never would do that. Chris Thomason, oh, okay. impress, uh, doing that. I, hopefully, I didn't by mistake. Um, I, I I think I think you're on the timeline, uh, Chris. Uh, here we go. It's a long year. You follow this team year round. And it, it came to an end on Sunday, and there were some things that became crystal clear at the end of that that they were going to probably move move on from Ed Donatel, and it took him a while to make that decision. Are you surprised by you know it took him till later in the week to eventually make that call? I don't know. I think they had a pretty good idea that they weren't going to bring him back, and they didn't want Wednesday's season-ending press conference with uh, Quasi Adafo Menza and uh, Kevin O'Connell to be all about Ed Donatel, because it would have been. I mean, maybe not all about it, but there would have been a number of follow-up questions and who's going to be the next defense coordinator, et cetera, et cetera, why didn't it work. So I think they wanted it to be about the full season, and they obviously wanted to try to – spin it in a positive manner because I mean overall 13 and 4 uh, a positive season most people didn't see that coming even though uh the ending wasn't as as, as anticipated but yeah I it was trending throughout the season that uh Donatel wasn't going to be back I mean all season long his defense was ranked last or close to last and then uh you know, what happened in the playoffs, obviously, they're going against a so-so offensive team. And uh, as um, Paul, uh, as uh, Patrick Peterson <laughs> said on his podcast earlier this week, uh, they made uh, Daniel Jones look like Michael Vick. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking on a couple of those runs, I, I, I sent out a tweet speaking of Twitter, you know, that, that's Steve Young in his prime, uh, the the way he was <laughs> running around that in that Viking secondary uh, a couple of times in the football game, and he he did play very well. And you tip your cap to the Giants, and they move on. They have, they have uh, certainly a, a tall order with with Philadelphia uh, looming next, and you know I I think. You know, for the Minnesota Vikings on that side of the football, you know, there, there's a lot of work to do. Whoever the new coordinator is, that new coordinator and the general manager and the head coach have a lot to do. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I've got a salary cap uh, story that's going to be in Sunday's paper. They haven't posted it yet. But, uh, you know, you look at the salary cap, they're $24 million over. I mean, 
they can get under it, but there's going to be some veterans who are going to have to take huge pay cuts if they want to come back. One of them is Harrison Smith. Um, he's going to have to take a big pay cut if he's going to come back. Patrick Peterson wants to come back, but they're not going to certainly break the bank for a guy who's going to be 33. Daniil Hunter's contract situation, it could be interesting. It often is with uh, him. Dalvin Tomlinson becomes a free agent, and he's probably going to want another $10 million. I don't know if they can afford to bring him back or he might get an offer somewhere else. So, yeah, it's uh, they're going to try to rebuild the defense, but this is a team that's not going to have a lot of um, salary cap room. So uh, they're going to need some of those younger players that they've in the program to step up and uh, draft choices. They'll need to draft well this year to help the defense. Do do you think there's going to be a change in philosophy because a lot was made about, you know, they're going to go on the three, four, and they're going to, you know, have a completely different look. Do 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 you think this could swing in another direction or is it way too early to tell? Yeah, you know, it's very interesting. I mean, one thing Kevin O'Connell said during the Wednesday press conference is that 28% of the snaps, they were in the base 3-4, and they were in the process of evaluating those snaps compared to other snaps. So, yeah, that's a question that they're going to have to answer, whether they – stick with the 3-4, whether they go back to the 4-3. I mean, I think we'll get a little bit of an idea maybe when they start interviewing defensive coordinator candidates. But then again, they might interview both 3-4 and 4-3 guys or guys that can play them both, and then that might lead into their planning and that sort of thing. But, yeah, that's going to be a key element right there. Yeah, going into the offseason, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson. Um, and then beyond that, some changes likely coming on the offensive side of the ball as well because you, you got Adam Thielen uh, a year older, just like the rest of us. But um, tight end, you, you got TJ and Irv out there. You've got uh, Dalvin Cook. I mean, there's some moving parts on that side of the ball as well. Yeah, I mean, Adam Thielen's in the same boat that Harrison Smith is in. That'll be in my Sunday story. He's going to have to take a massive pay cut if he wants to come back. And, you know, will he be the number two receiver if he does? Maybe K.J. Osborne would be. Um, Dalvin Cook is, on the offensive side, is the biggest quandary. He's due to make $10 million, which is uh, high for a running back. I mean, overall, he had a solid season, but he definitely showed some signs of decline. Average is a career low, 4.3 yards per carry, and his yardage was kind of skewed by the fact that he had some long runs, but then uh, had a lot of runs where he went nowhere. So that's going to be really interesting to see if they possibly might look to try to cut his salary, and if they do, what his reaction is, but they don't have anybody in-house who's an obvious candidate to replace him. I mean, Alexander Madison is back up, becomes a free agent, and uh, 
got a couple of young guys, but they're unproven at running back. So that's going to be interesting to see what might happen with Cook. Uh, among the 32 teams in the NFL, most are resistant to commit a ton of money in the running back position. There certainly are exceptions, but it, 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 it's become more and more a position in the NFL where it's like you can find guys to fill that role. We're going to put our money somewhere else. Yeah, you know, that's certainly a possibility as well. You know, maybe there's a free agent out there that they think they can get at a reasonable rate but uh be interesting again to see if they have a number in mind for cook i mean if cook takes a pay cut they um might consider that the ideal scenario i mean his his numbers keep going up if and you know might end up being his last season next year if he comes back anyway but uh yeah, they'll they'll study all options, but you are correct that uh, you can pick running backs up. I mean, just look what the Denver Broncos used to do under Mike Shanahan. They'd have guys you'd never even heard of <laughs> rush for a thousand yards, and then of course Bill Belichick won numerous Super Bowls with uh, just kind of rotating running backs that he threw in there. Yeah, um, Justin Jefferson probably fair to say uh by the time the season starts this fall uh will be the highest paid receiver in the nfl yeah i think so i mean i think he'll command 30 million plus it might be 30 million tyreek hill that's kind of his number but a lot of it's funny money at the end of his deal so he's probably not making annually 30 but Justin Jefferson at his age and his prime, I mean, yeah, he's uh, going to sign for $30 million plus, and it's going to be real money. And um, the fortunate thing is the salary cap after this year is going to start going up. So it's going to go – I mean, it's been artificially low the last few years, including this year because of COVID, but it's going to take a big jump in 2024 and 2025, which will help them absorb a huge Justin Jefferson contract. I mean, if he, if he signs this off season, his signing bonus would be prorated. I mean, if he gets a $30 million signing bonus over five years, 6 million of that maybe goes on this year's cap, but yeah, they, they are planning for a gigantic Justin Jefferson extension. So, uh, I guess the key question is if he asked for like insane money, I mean, if, if they're asking for 40 million or something, then you kind of wonder what's going on. But I would say he's, you know, they're going to want, you know, 30 million minimum. Yeah. And then Kirk cousins, you and I have talked about this a lot, Chris, you know, his durability. I mean, the one thing you got to say that this guy shows up and plays Um, and, that that's worth something, but Minnesota Vikings still, at some point in one of these drafts, whether it's twenty three or are, are going to have to, you know, go out there and get a quarterback of the future. You would think. Yeah, they before anybody realistically. I mean, Quasey's already said, which was a no brainer, that Kirk will be the quarterback next season, but. Yeah. Uh, 
there's nobody else in the program as a possible replacement. And obviously we're going to know more about Cousins before the draft as to whether he signs another extension. I mean, do they do another one-year type deal? Or, you know, maybe Kirk Cousins says, hey, I want two more years, and then that might be a tough one to address. Or maybe Kirk Cousins is tired of uh, everybody criticizing him all the time and uh, wants to just play it out and and go somewhere else. Who knows? I mean, uh, he says he wants to stay in Minnesota long term, but uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, I think in a perfect world for all parties, you know, hey, just tack on another year, 2024, and then see how this coming year goes. But it doesn't always work out that easily. Yeah, um, and and that that becomes a, a big part of this as well is you, you commit a bunch of money to Justin Jefferson and – then it's kind of like who's going to get him the ball and we know it's Kirk Cousins right now so it almost becomes you know if, if you're going to go that route and commit that much money to a wide receiver and that that's another thing that a lot of teams around the NFL will will give receivers elite money but others are a little resistant saying yeah you can generally get serviceable wide receivers uh and and don't necessarily have to give them superstar money so uh you know how how they manage that will be a big part of of what uh, the, the the GM and the head coach put together going forward is you know they're they're going to have a lot of eggs in that basket of Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. Yeah, and it's worth remarking that Justin Jefferson, in talking with the media last Monday, I mean, I asked him a question about his extension, and one of his things he said was. Well, you know, they don't necessarily have to sign me to an extension this year, which they don't. Uh, He's got two more years left on his deal because obviously they're going to pick up his fifth-year option in May. And so, I mean, any Jefferson extension is almost certainly not going to be done in March because they're going to want to get all their eggs in a row for this season and then turn their focus to – extensions related to Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson is actually probably more urgent because he's got one more year and then he becomes a free agent. And the last thing they want to do is not extend him. And then he walks away, you know, and they get nothing. Well, a a compensatory pick, but um, you know, I mean, Jefferson will probably see what happens obviously with Kirk Cousins. And let's just say Kirk Cousins, doesn't sign an extension and he's going to play out this season and there's a possibility that he might not have him throwing to him and he might not have a high quality quarterback after 2023 so does Justin Jefferson then you know want to wait or see or whatever we'll have to find out yeah well Chris once again great work uh, this season look forward to to the story on uh, the the salary cap and the challenges with uh, the veteran players going forward in the Pioneer Press. All right. Really appreciate it, Steve. Thanks for all this year. All right. There he is, Chris Thomason of the Pioneer Press. Uh, online at TwinCities.com. Joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. 724 here at News Talk. E3O WCCO. 
Good chat with Chris Thomas into the Pioneer Press a moment ago, and it'll be available at WCCRadio.com, the free Odyssey app, and uh, anywhere you get your podcasts. And what what stands out to me in all of that, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of moving parts, and we got this sense going into the the playoffs, the end of the regular season, that... uh, there's no doubt there's there's change. It's it's true in sport. High school sports, seniors graduate, college sports. Uh, you have the transfer portal. <clears throat> uh, players graduate, run out of eligibility, etc. And in the pros, there's inevitable change every year. But with the Minnesota Vikings, clearly defensively, they, they've got to make some changes and big decisions and and move on from players and try something different. Because three years in a row, they've, they've been dreadful defensively. Goss Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer, their jobs. And now uh, what was really a magical year is as far as pulling out close games and improbable victories and winning the division um, ultimately uh, came down to they, they just weren't good enough defensively. So, so a lot of work to be done, and you know when it when it comes to the salary cap, if it's me, there's a couple of easy decisions. And I know this sounds cruel, but these guys have made millions of dollars and will probably find jobs elsewhere in the NFL. Uh, coming out of that conversation, and and taking a look at this team on both sides of the ball, definitely don't bring Harrison Smith back. Uh, Adam Thielen had a huge pay cut, huge. Uh, he, he's, I think at this point, even though he's from here and played at Minnesota State and all of that, he's just another guy in the NFL. I mean, he's just another receiver in the NFL at this point. And Dalvin Cook, uh, $10 million? No way. Nope. Um, those stand out to me as you move on and move in another direction. It is 7.30 right now. Uh, we're going to talk, speaking of the NFL, uh, the playoff picture. Fun weekend. The divisional playoffs, two games Saturday, two games Sunday, setting up the AFC and NFC championship games. We'll get into all of that in a moment here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. It is super divisional playoff weekend in the NFL. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I like how you did that. You got to get... Is it super duper divisional? <laughs> Super duper divisional playoff football, divisional football playoff. Here's here's the thing. Super. It's been wild card weekend ever since I can imagine. Yeah. Then they said, no, we're going to call it super wild card weekend. Super. And you could tell that some of the announcers were taking a jab at the NFL. I mean, seriously, it's wild card weekend. <laughs> Drop the super. Yeah, we got you, seven teams. Seven teams makes it super. Seven equals super. Oh, That's NFL math. NFL math, Steve, seven equals super. And you got a Monday night football game that makes it super duper wild card weekend. Yeah, so you have super wild card. Now it's just divisional weekend. Yeah. You know? I mean, come <laughs> yeah, on. It's like a letdown. The closer, <laughs> we, the closer we get to the game that we will not be able to mention here in like two weeks. Uh, the closer we get to that, the <laughs> the more mundane we're going to get on the, well, the on the the approach to it. We we can m- mention the Super Bowl as long as we're not trying to sell something. 
Um, but yeah, leave super for the Super Bowl and just call it wild card. <laughs> and they should just call it are. the bowl. You can only yeah. use the word super once in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. Once you yeah, get that, past that, wild card, that's we, right. it's just the bowl from now on. Just the bowl. Yeah, exactly. So two games Saturday, two games Sunday, plenty of football. My wife is thrilled. Uh, no, she's not. Uh, but I am. Uh, Chris, let's run them down. Let's, let's talk about it. Point spreads, who we like, who we don't like. Uh, yeah, and here's how much I'm, I'm not really into tomorrow night's game. I have offered to go to the uh, the ice sculptures in Delano with my wife and daughter tomorrow night because my wife asked me, you know, when are the football games? She's like, they're pretty much all weekend, aren't they? I'm like, yeah. yeah. She's like, can you just give us a couple hours? I'm like, let me let me look at the schedule. You know, that's what I do. I, I schedule family time around football. I think we've got an interesting one to kick off the game tomorrow. The Jacksonville Jaguars. What a comeback by the Jags, right? At home oh. down 27 to nothing. Came back, defeated the Kansas, the, not Kansas, the um, L.A. Chargers. Now you go to Arrowhead. It's the first game tomorrow at 3.30. Chiefs are minus nine. The over-under is 52. I don't know if, it, if the Chargers would have made a difference with the with the line, I don't know if they would have made it minus nine, but I think you're just starting to see something with Patrick Mahomes. I think this is a, I see a complete mismatch. The Jags defense, especially their secondary, they averaged almost seven yards per attempt against them when a quarterback gets the ball out in two and a half seconds, which is Patrick Mahomes bread and butter. Chiefs beat the Jags by 10 back in week 10. They were up by 20 at halftime. I just, I think Kansas City rolls in this one. I really do. I, I, I do as well. I like Kansas City. I've said it before. Patrick Mahomes is uh, one of my favorite athletes in sports, certainly in the NFL. Love watching him play, and we get to see him play a lot. Yes, they win, they cover. But this Jacksonville team, they've got a coach, they've got a quarterback, and they have an owner that, that has deep pockets and wants to win. I'm impressed by their fan base. They come back. They beat the L.A. Chargers. I I, I was very impressed. I, I like this Jags team. It's a little early, but they have a very bright future because they have a, court, a coach, Doug Peterson, and a quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. So, yeah, Kansas City wins and covers in this one. Uh, I, I don't think it'll be much of a game, but – I, I enjoy watching these two quarterbacks, so I, I like the quarterback matchup. Neither one of these teams has a very good defense, right. but but you're not going to beat the Chiefs in a shootout, especially no. at Arrowhead. No. You're not you're not going to. Trevor Lawrence is not going to outdo Patrick Mahomes. The game tomorrow night, mm. the Eagles and the Giants. Yeah, you kind of got my reaction with that. Well, you're going to be in Delano. I'm going to be in, in Delano, and I got to be honest. Like out of all the games, at least on paper. This one just looks like a blowout. I mean, I know that the Vikings made Daniel Jones look like Steve Young, right? That's not Jonathan Taylor or Jonathan, uh, John Taylor, and it's not Jerry Rice. This is not the 49ers putting them out there. This is Daniel Jones, Richie James, Isaiah Hodgkins. I don't think this is going to be close. Eagles are minus seven and a half. I don't think, I mean, They've already played twice, Steve, 
and the Eagles have outscored the Giants 70 to 38. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, and for the Eagles, it's all about Jalen Hurts. I mean, they're, they're, they're definitely rely on him. Um, if he's just okay, they win the football game and win cover. I, I'm going to probably spend more time keeping an eye on the Timberwolves than this football game. Yeah, it, it is the least interesting to me of of the four games this weekend. Yeah, and they say it's you know it's tough to beat a team three times in a year. I don't think it's going to be that hard for the Eagles. No offense to the Giants, this isn't a bitter Vikings fans take. This is the the Vikings couldn't stop a damn nosebleed last well, week. And, and, and the thing about the Giants is, if you're a New York fan, you got to be happy. Get into the playoffs, win a playoff game. Oh they're, yeah, they're finally on the right track. I think uh, it, if you're you're a New York fan, you, yeah, you got to feel good about. Yeah, that. I don't think the Giants. I don't think the Eagles cover the seven and a half, but I just don't think it's going to be an entertaining game. Let me let me say that. Yeah, they'll grind out a victory. They'll get to the NFC Championship. All right, Sunday. I love these matchups on Sunday, but I like one better than the other. Well, let's start out with Cincinnati and Buffalo. Of course, I'm going to be very curious how these two teams respond because it was just a few weeks ago on Monday night when the whole uh, DeMar Hamlin situation took place on Monday night. And that game was in Cincinnati. Uh, This game is in Buffalo. I mean, how's T. Higgins going to react? Because T. Higgins was the Cincinnati wide receiver that caught the ball, and that it, it just it had that really freakish accident. Yeah, I do, yeah, I just don't know. I just don't know how these two teams react. The Bengals have a couple more offensive linemen that are out. I just, to me, Steve, the Bills are minus four. I think they cover with this. I think that they get to Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow can put up some monster numbers, but that offensive line just is not good. And Joe Burrow is going to take some punishment on Sunday, and I think Buffalo advances. Yeah, I, I agree. Buffalo is going to win this game, but Joe Burrow a year ago in the playoffs showed how resilient he is getting the Cincinnati team to the Super Bowl. And I think late in the year, before the offensive line injuries piled up, Cincinnati looked dangerous. They were playing as well as. Any team in the NFL on both sides of the football leading up to that uh, uh, terrible night in in uh, Cincinnati uh, when when Hamlin got injured and, and the game was eventually uh, suspended, then then ultimately canceled as a result. But yeah, I, I just think for Cincinnati, way too hard to overcome. Three other five starting offensive linemen are not going to play in this game yeah. at Buffalo. Uh, Bills win the football game. Yeah, and I mean, I think, I think if you look at the way that the Miami Dolphins surprised everybody last week, Josh Allen turned the ball over three times. He's still going to turn the ball over, but yeah, that offensive line, I think they're going to do enough. Joe Mixon to me is going to be a non-factor because he's not going to be able to run the ball. It's going to be Joe Burrow putting up massive numbers. I do think that, I don't think that the Bills cover. I think this is a, a three-point game, but ultimately the over under fifty. I, I do think that the over will hit, and I do think that uh, Buffalo uh, won't cover. Now here's but, but, but two. Okay. I, I just want to jump in. Yeah, Cincinnati and Buffalo are so fortunate, and and we brought it up earlier in the Kansas City Jacksonville game. These are clubs that have quarterbacks and have quarterbacks locked in for a long period yeah. of time. I mean. It, 
you got to be you got to be envious of the, these four quarterbacks still playing in the AFC. They're they're all terrific. Lawrence, Mahomes, Burrow, and and then of course Allen. All phenomenal. And all legit franchise quarterbacks that you can build yep, around absolutely. for years. Not, yep. not I mean, yep. no offense to how the Vikings are doing it, but you got to find that guy, and that's easier said than done. Okay, so Sunday night, the nighttime game, I'm, I was kind of surprised that both of the NFC games were the primetime games. I figured that maybe they would put, you know, one of the AFC teams, you know, whether it's uh, Kansas City or Buffalo in primetime, but it's going to be Dallas and San Francisco. Dallas, I mean, Tampa Bay just is not good. Dak Prescott went the Al Bundy route, and he had five touchdowns last week. I know Al Bundy scored four for Polk High, so Dak Prescott actually better than <laughs> than uh, Al Bundy. You like Al that? Al Bundy reference. You like that Al Bundy reference? Oh, man. Yeah. That, that's, that's good. So the 49ers traded for Christian McCaffrey when uh, Elijah Mitchell went on IR. I look at San Francisco, Steve, and – I think they are the one team in the NFC that is capable of beating a team in the AFC. I don't think Dallas is that team. I don't think the Giants or the Eagles are that team. Even with Brock Purdy, this is an offense that just has way too many playmakers. That defense is vicious. And I think this week they're going to make that game that Dak Prescott had last week, they're going to make that look like a pipe dream. Yeah, I, I I agree. San Francisco is the team to beat in in the NFC. They are going to win at home. And here's what's crazy about the Cowboys: as good as they look, blowing out the Minnesota Vikings here at US Bank Stadium, they've looked terrible at times. Mm-hmm. I it it is a, a wildly inconsistent team and I, I I just think they fold I I completely agree uh Niners win this so Philly San Francisco in the NFC I, I like Buffalo and Kansas City in the AFC not not going out on a limb I I just think it's gonna go according to script this weekend yeah I'm I'm right there with you and because I think Brock Purdy's shown enough to get oh, that yeah to get that down I mean They've got problems in the secondary. They are not completely healthy. And you need a team that's going to be able to neutralize Micah Parsons. Well, guess what? San Francisco might have the strongest offensive line in the NFL. It, they're going to be able to at least keep Micah Parsons at bay. I mean, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, where does it end? Brock Purdy doesn't have to throw for 330 yards like he did against Seattle. He just needs he just needs to not turn the ball over. Well, yeah. And he's and got yak that, he's got yak monsters. I mean, he doesn't even have to throw high percentage passes. You just yeah, get it, it to these guys. Yeah, and Chris, the only thing I would add to all of that, really the only way in my opinion the Cowboys have a chance is they're like plus 4 turnovers or Plus five. Yeah, you got to make couple. Brock Purdy look like a rookie. You got to make him feel yep. uncomfortable. A- absolutely. Cowboys can do that. Turn him over a ton. Uh, they they got a shot. Otherwise, I I, I don't see it. Uh, should be a fun weekend. Love the uh, super divisional weekend. Just kidding about there that. There you go. Woo! Divisional super. Weekend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, quick break. We'll come back. Boy, the, the NBA, the Golden State Warriors, 
Oh, Cleveland Cavaliers fans, an apology will tell you why. Coming up here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. This was announced earlier in the day that the Golden State Warriors scheduled to play in Cleveland against Cavaliers. Pretty good matchup. Cleveland's a good team. Uh, Golden State, we, we know the talent. But they will be without four of their five regular starters tonight. It was announced earlier in the day, and I got wind of this. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green who account for 65% of the Warriors' points per game, will not play against the Cavs. Uh, They're taking the night off, second night of a back-to-back. Imagine if you had tickets to that game. If you're a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, an NBA fan, and you say, Golden State's coming to Cleveland the one time this season, and these guys... Can't warm up, put on the uniform. You don't have to play 35 or 40 minutes in this game tonight. I get it. I get load management. Put on the uniform, warm up, play 20 minutes. Play five minutes a quarter. Give the fans a thrill. The one thing you could say about Wayne Gretzky or Michael Jordan, or or for that matter, LeBron James, come to town, they've They play. They understand what they mean to the league. En masse, the Golden State Warriors, their big four, we're not playing tonight. That stinks. I think the NBA owes Cleveland fans an apology. Love the news in a moment. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 